1: Football Podcast, a podcast that loves the sound of its own voice. I am Craig Cairns and joining me today, he's roaring back, it's Andy Harrow. Ah oh, hiya. And it's our Masonic Lodge <laughs> member, Craig Anderson. <laughs> I don't even know a Miss Sonic thing you say, although that's what one of them would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on today's show, we're gonna just do our usual Premiership roundup that we do on a Monday, and we'll start. I've not even given you guys an order, but this is all been done on the fly anyway. <laughs> um, we're going we'll start with the live game yesterday. That seems like the sensible place to start. We've all seen it. It had the most goals. It was Motherwell three, Rangers three, and uh, you couldn't make it up, according to Stephen Cragen. Except everybody probably had that scenario. Yeah. Uh, or uh, thought maybe that was there was a real possibility that there was a, such a scenario could uh, come about Yeah, I mean, I think you couldn't make it up as more
2: like Peter Hartley scores a hat-trick Or <laughs> Peter Hartley scores an overhead kick from 45 yards. Yeah. Peter Hartley bundling one in for about two yards out is, is not a... And he should have done it about yeah, five or six yeah, minutes yeah, earlier yeah, yeah. Yeah, Muller, One of Motherwell's centre-half scoring from a set-piece is not a huge surprise No
0: no, um, but it, there was something kind of poetic about it, I guess, the fact that it did happen. Um, and I think Motherwell, on the whole, deserved it. I think that they uh, certainly for the second half, they definitely put Rangers under a lot of pressure. And Rangers really struggled to get out towards the end of the game after having a bit more control in the first half. And, you know, it was coming, you said, the number of chances that they had, but just getting balls out of the box. That's always been one of Motherwell's big strengths is the number of kind of tall guys using the aerial ability and
2: it kind of paid off now. Yeah, I think you look at the two managers and their use of subs and Robinson did it really well and Gerard really failed in terms of how he, he tried to change the game. What about um
1: going back a bit then, what about his setup from the start? Um I mean one thing you want to point out would be Goldson's performance. That's the first time he's shown a lot of weakness. Uh, he looked like he never really recovered from that early mistake, and it wasn't, it's one of those things that can kind of happen to anybody, but he still mentally never seemed to recover from it. He just seemed to get more and more, dig himself a deeper hole as the game went on. But, um, the point I was making, sorry, was the setup in the first place, Gerard's moved away from his, Back four, that's um, brought them a lot of clean sheets A good defensive record And moving to the back three Didn't seem to do them any favours Yeah, I was I was puzzled by the move In the sense that they'd been doing well with the four
2: I think it's probably a logical choice in general For the players that they've got Because what you saw from the game um, Barisic and Tavernier The quality of the delivery I don't mm. think there's two better mm. crossers of the ball Bar- Barisic looks already like a, an exceptional pick-up At that price mm. Um and so he's with those two guys. It makes sense to stretch the game, and you've got two, you know, two centre in the, forwards in the box who can attack the ball in the air, which Lafferty did obviously for that goal. But just coming out of a run of really good performance you know, I didn't see the game against Ufa on Thursday night, but from what I heard, it was it was considered the best performance. And since he'd taken over by a lot of people, it did seem odd that he he wanted to change it up.
0: Yeah, you would maybe look to change the formation possibly when you're at home against a Hamilton or a St Mirren or something where there's less pressure than defenders and they're going to be under the course a lot less than they would be away to Motherwell maybe he just wanted to throw them in and see how they did or maybe thought over the course of training that it looked like they were comfortable with it as you say the, the slip from goals at the start seemed to put him off uh, but it would take a while if you're not used to playing as that and he's still a young defender if you're not used to really playing in a back three especially when since the start of the season you've been playing in a four to suddenly then have to deal with kind of, extra men and who's picking up who and when you're going forward and when you're not, it can be a bit difficult. I mean, and Motherwell are probably not the best team to do it against because they give you no time at all. You know, They get it forward. They don't allow you to settle. Uh, and you know, Gerard's also a young manager and that's something that he's maybe learned off the back of it. Yeah, it seems that he...
1: Um for the reasons you're given there, that's maybe why he's gone for it. Uh, their mother Motherwell always play with a front two, so he's maybe want to have the the extra mm. extra centre half there. But I mean there's ways of um that without moving to a back I mean, three played against
2: the front two last week with Kelly. Brophy mm. and Boyd played in that game and, and you can and they play Flanagan
1: on one yeah. of the one of the sides and uh, uh or ask one of your
0: more attacking fullbacks, not to go forward as much or something along those lines yeah yeah. you do wonder if it's a a bit more about just accommodating Laffrey you know they get a guy and they've been courting for a long time he gets a chance to play him and he kind of wants to see how he does alongside Morales and you know uh, that seemed to work from that point of view but did it work in the for the to the team as a whole probably not um
1: Motherwell really did very well in the in the center of the park. Uh, I thought um Rangers have again done pretty well in, in in midfield this season. Jack's come on pretty well under Gerard. Uh, Jarria has looked like a good sign in. Um, but I thought Bigger Omana and Alan Campbell both yeah. had great games. Um, Campbell was throwing his weight around a lot and maybe could have got booked earlier than he actually did. But um, it was a good performance from the two of them and Bigger Omana's deliveries obviously were, were yeah, very key yeah, but, in the end. They
0: were Beckham-esque.
2: They open play as well for Bigger Omana. I thought he, w- he was really influential in the game in a way that I haven't really seen him be before from other ways come in and he had a bit of a reputation. He'd obviously... At a young age been signed by Newcastle For a decent amount of money And so there Was some suggestion That there must be a player in there But we hadn't really seen it yet much He's
1: done it off the bench A couple of times Last season he came off the bench um I think a game against Kilmarnock he came on at 0-0 And got an assist in a 2-0 victory He came off the bench At Easter Road When they were 2-0 down And sure he set up Bolt for one of his goals To get a point from that game So he has done it A couple of times But when he started Yeah he's not really Been the player that they bought But
2: yeah he he looks like I'm thinking an interview through the week or last week where he said, you know, he maybe underestimated it when he came mm-hmm. up here, and and which is quite odd considering he he did he was up here before, spent plenty of time to watch Scottish football while he was sitting in the stands on the bench for Rangers, but he, um, yeah, it it was good of a player to admit that, and it looks like he's maybe screwed the nut a bit this season and actually taking it seriously, and if he
0: keeps playing like that, he'll, he'll not be back out the team for another role. Little- yeah, I think with uh, between bigger man and Campbell, that's a pretty good midfield pairing that they've got in there. Motherwell, and if they can, if you know, if Campbell remains everything as well, then that's a um, that looks positive for them going forward. Also, look positive from the point of view. Main of main Maine seemed to be a bit off key going in the start of the season, but he seemed to kind of relish that challenge against a bigger team. Again, he seems to have generally done that since he's he's been in Scottish football, and he was kind of back to. Causing defenders a lot of problems and look dangerous again And it looks like they might have a relationship between him and Johnson It's early days, I but like, it looks... I like the look of Johnson, yeah. it's the first time I've really
2: properly seen him And he was lively throughout the game I was very surprised he went off actually It, it turned out to probably be a good decision Because Salmon um, made Rangers think a bit differently when he came on But at time, I, think there was, I think there was probably four good striking performances From all four strikers that started mm-hmm. the game The Johnson, I liked it. I I just thought the composure with that goal. Yeah, it was very calm. Um, obviously to hit it first
1: time as well. I mean,
2: you could think that you've got a lot of time and take that down. It it was, it was the fact actually glanced up could. Goldson had slipped and McGregor looked like he'd lost his final, which wouldn't happen on a plastic pitch, of course. Um, and he, he spotted that, and he just, you know, rather than trying to belt it or go around the keeper, yeah. he just spotted like and just kicked this kind of straight into the net, basically. No, mm-hmm. um, and, and, he, and he did. And it, it was one of those classic goals where the player was running away, celebrating long before it actually went in, which is something I love to see. He's not as bad, not as much as Nadia Sifji celebrating before he'd actually kicked it against <laughs> Rangers in the semi final, which is a classic in the, the genre, but. Yeah, I, I thought Mean was back to his best, Johnson paired up well with him, then, then you saw Salmon come off the bench and causing mm. problems, and then Bowman it was a, a bit of a cameo, but he did the same because he was aggressive and getting in people's faces, and then at the other end you had both Lafferty and Morelos were a real handful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Johnson, I, I like the look of him as well, looks like he gives them something different up front, and... Uh, he also has huge arms it seems like you have to have huge <laughs> biceps to be a Motherwell forward these days um yeah but we'll move on from that game we'll go to we'll Just have,
2: just about on the substitutions if um sorry, I was i was going to say about that earlier that yeah, I'm still getting used to this, uh, new, this new time, time constraint right, you know? yeah that's fine. <laughs> it's fine it's alright I'm sure there's other games the, you can chop of off the rubbish um, <laughs> I, just the fact that two, two mistakes I think it kind of reminded me of Lee McCulloch that day when um, when he was Kelly manager and we were all leading Aberdeen and he made two changes which basically chucked the game away he brought on I'm, I'm blanking on the guy's name the big centre half that came up had a good spell Miles Addison no, and yeah, then no, he came yeah, on yeah. against yeah. Aberdeen no, and actually, sold the yeah. jerseys for two goals and um, he brought, he brought Middleton on um, for Barisic, was it? He brought I, you, You've you got it in front of you. Um, he brought Middleton on for a player who contributed a lot in the game. It was Barisic. Hmm. And Middleton, the game swallowed him up. It was, it was maybe, you know, as a young player who's come on European games and kind of looked impressive, got a few touches. He basically didn't get a touch. And then after that, the fact he would bring Wallace on, right but when you're defending a corner I know he's a big player in his area who he replaced is is smaller but there's that kind of old adage of not disrupting your team at a set piece and he did that and Wallace came on and and whether whether Hartley would have scored anyway the fact that there were about six multiple players queuing up unmarked at the back post probably wouldn't have mattered
1: but there was also the incident where uh, Hartley went down a corner, not like, not trying to suggest it was a foul or no. and then McGregor clearly saw yes. an opportunity to, uh, to land on him and hurt him a little bit. And McGregor knows what he's doing in all those situations. It yeah. was the one with, um Bowman. I mean, can you grudge, I'm not trying to, Paint him out to be a villain here, but you can't maybe really grudge him because he saw the opportunity. Yeah, and he's yeah. thought, after what yeah. you've said, I'm yeah, going to yeah. give you one. Nah, so it's, it's, I think I'm not should. trying to. At the same time, I'm not trying to condone violence. I nah, it's <laughs> fair. <fine. It's fine. laughs> I'm it's sure fine. even Peter Hartley would think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I probably deserve that,
2: yeah. <laughs> <MacGregor's pretty laughs> or I brought that on myself at least. He's very good. To, usually, he's a goalie that comes out with his foot raised, like yeah. to make sure that no opponent comes anywhere near him.
1: I well, that's that's all for that game. I suppose we'll move on to. Another game that had uh, tons of controversy in it, and that's Hibs 1, Aberdeen 1. I mean, I, I don't even know
0: if we're going to talk about any football in this game. Let's start with talking about Horgan. He looks like some player. Yeah, he's still like, good. Uh, we mentioned him last week. How, um, he was really impressive last week, but uh, again, he started off especially well... Uh, the game of the weekend, uh, and he faded a wee bit as it went into the second half, but he was still involved in the goal, he was picking the ball up, sort of, towards the penalty box, and he was the one that slipped uh, Hanlon in to, to set up the goal, yeah, having somebody like that is a real bonus for him, it's just having somebody that's really energetic and capable of working out wide or in, towards the middle. Yeah, they seem to want to use him
1: in the in the middle, Yeah, but well, certainly under the current setup, they have to, because he doesn't look like a wing-back. Yeah. Yeah, he's one split back three at the moment. Yeah, but it's good as well. I think last season was a
2: couple of times when Boyle wasn't available and they lost that... that cause he, I mean, they had Barker at the time but he had the long-term injury as well and when they didn't have that pace out wide they lost something. So having him as an option centrally but also the fact that if Boyle drops out he can go and play there, and, and you saw what he you saw. A couple of runs he made kind of up the up the flank that suggests yeah. he's The one from the free kick. Yeah, the quickly taken free was, kick. It, it was very reminiscent of when Barker did it against Rangers last season, where he went like all the way up the wing essentially. And yeah, this it's a, a very good start he's made to his, his career because um, I think Lennon's done particularly well with recruitment, and that's been probably what he's. Success that Hibs has been built on more than anything, and that that looks like another one that he's brought in that's doing, going going do real well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it's a it's a it's a decent point for Hibs. Nothing I'd, for neither Hibs nor Aberdeen. It's a really a great point, but they can there's elements of uh, positives to take out for for both of them. I mean, you say Horgan looks pretty good. They, they they were still playing with shot front, so they're you know they're missing cambery and was only on the bench, so you're still you know and in midfield they're still quite not got the balance right potentially Uh, Portis was playing at centre half so they've got people still getting used to systems they've got people still to come back and I I draw as an okay point and and as I say they had patches during the game where they were were quite impressive and I think when Aberdeen began to sit off them um, it kind of helped and gave them a a bit of a confidence boost to go and get the equaliser I'm going to ask you to put your Masonic
1: hat on now (laughs) Um, should Hibs have had a penalty? What was that with one with constant? Boil day?
2: coil and nah, point, nah, coil not, not boil and constantly. <laughs> uh, I d I don't think that was a penalty. I think that there was a there was a lean in, but there there wasn't enough for me to kinda of make it make it a fool. It was kinda of like it's one of those if the referee gives it you'll go a bit soft but you won't say it's wrong. Yeah. But just to say I don't think it's wrong not to give that. I think the, there was an element of them leaning in, but it was it was a kind of physical confrontation with two players
0: yeah I think there was quite a lot then this weekend where it was just ones that two in the hearts Killer game I think they were both similar I I just really find them interesting you know I can see if the referee gives them I can see it but equally I don't feel they don't feel particularly strongly about them in that it Either, Whereas the
1: the Ferguson one was just a, a blatant penalty, yeah, man. I don't yeah, think we yeah. need to ask anybody at this table whether it was or not. No. And I liked uh, Paul Hanlon afterwards, kind of saying his his excuse was I got a little touch on the <laughs> ball. And He didn't, but even if he had got a little touch on the ball, I think you can't still like skiff the ball no, and yeah. clean a player yeah, out it, like that. It was
2: the fact they gave a goal kick. The yeah, it was a bit bizarre. bizarre. Said, well, what did you think happened,
1: Andrew? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you on first name terms with them, are you? Well, it appears so. <laughs> And then, obviously, there was the, uh, the, in air quotes, headbutt from, uh, Guy mackay Stephen, which, in my opinion, he just stood up to square up to him, and, uh, and Porteous did exactly what Kyle Lafferty did all those years ago, and got a lot, a lot of stick for. Um, well, I think
2: went been, down like a sack of potatoes. I think you've just seen you know, a totally different discussion had he actually been sent off if the mm. red card had come out. Porte I suppose have, that maybe would have been the difference. Yeah, um, and it shouldn't be because you shouldn't. I judge can still a, see
1: you, the shock on Mulgrew's face as <laughs> <I'm laughs>
2: <laughing. laughs> <laughs> wondering whether he should go yeah. down as well. <laughs> you shouldn't judge a player. You shouldn't judge a player's actions on what the referee does. It's like this. That's why I disagree with the um the too much ban that players can get for diving if you only get a yellow card for it in the game why should you get a two-match ban if you get away with it compared to if you don't it doesn't make sense to me and it's the same argument just because the ref got it right in the sense of not thinking it was a red card that doesn't mean that the discourse should be any different about what Portis did he cheated it was a dive he threw himself down I don't mind it. it I find it quite funny as a fan I would quite Enjoy one of my especially, players, doing especially it.
1: from a player that um, we put a gif up recently of him absolutely cleaning <laughs> yeah. players out, and mm-hmm. that's like that's part of his game is being very physical and being. And he's a, a big laddie
2: as well, yeah, and, and that's fine. And I think it, I think he's going to be a really good centre half. But it's you can't paint yourself as, as soon as you paint yourself as a hard man. You can't do that because you're just being made to look. It's a, it's a bit like um, Sergio Ramos. Nobody takes him that seriously as a hard man, even though you have really hard because he. As Make soon as anyone sense. goes near him, he j- he's just rather go down and kind of bottle out of the, the confrontation.
0: Yeah, I actually enjoyed the tackle in the first place. That was just such a brilliantly cynical tackle in the first place. He was obviously never getting the ball, but he just wanted to stop the attack then. Yeah, I've seen a few I arguments in the past that should those should be
1: uh, red cards. I know you were arguing...
0: I
2: thought, I thought that one was because I thought it was his studs went into the back of his leg. I think if you trip someone or do you, you know, take a, sw- a swing and, and catch them, but it's, it's not dangerous I it could be a red card you need to change the rules but I think even under the current rules I think that's a red card because his studs going to the back of his leg and it's nowhere near the ball so I thought that was a red card But well I enjoyed it Craig so. yeah. <laughs> it, can still enjoy it. it can still be a red card I enjoyed Greg Taylor absolutely bodying out uh, Joey
1: Barton it was still a red card um, right let's move on to Rugby Park where Hearts came away with a 1-0 victory you were at the game Craig how many points are Hearts going to win the league by? Well, <laughs> Hearts
2: were hugely impressive. I thought um there's still they're still things that can be improved with them. But my word, compared to last season, in the kind of areas, and, yeah, they just they were just a, they were a, a really kind of disunited team. It wasn't cohesive at all. You look at them; they're set up to. They've got a clear game plan. They know what they're doing. They've got good footballers in the team, but a lot of it's about winning set-pieces, getting good deliveries into box, getting players in about Ucce, Haring, who are both excellent in the air. And the centre-half's also strong in the air. But everything's built around Ucce, and the guy's ridiculous. Um, Kelly, it was genuinely occupying four Kelly players for much of the game, which was the two centre-halves, Finlay and Broadfoot, but also Dicker and Power were basically having to leave the midfield to block him up from the front as well. So there, at some point, all four players were basically there to stop him. And had Hearts had another kind of competent attacking player on the park at the time. It was Morrison and Mulraney out wide, both of whom did very little in the game. And Naismith was playing too deep, so he couldn't get up in support. Had they had that, there was so much space for those guys to exploit Quality can kind of maintain this once players, people get wise to him. That's what I said before, but then you're like as as we discussed on a previous show, how do you doesn't matter how wise you are to a player if he's that strong. You're talking about guys who are no shrinking violets, you know, Broadfoot, mm-hmm. Power, Dicker. Mm-hmm.
1: They're strong guys. And they? also and these maybe aren't the the best opposition, so maybe not the best example, but um a game against Inverness and the game against Hamilton, that was um, two different teams that played two different ways against them Inverness tried to stand off him and give him space yeah. and he tore them apart and uh, Hamilton did the opposite and they tried to get tight to him and he, and like you say again uh, well, well, the Kelly players that were trying to get close to him he can just muscle he, them, he off. them off He pushed them off and you saw that little
2: incident his touch was really nice because you saw that little incident the one when he set Naismith away or he, he was responsible for that move when Naismith went away and it was really intricate football on the counter from Hearts and um, had had that goal, goal gone in from Neesmith it would have been was I been heartbreaking to see him score at Rugby Park apart from anything, but it would have um, <laughs> been one of the goals of the season in terms of the move. Yeah. Having said all that about hearts, I think the game would have finished 0-0 had um, had it not been for the red card. Kelly didn't play particularly well in the sense of doing very much, but I was actually very pleased with the team in terms of how they stood up to the kind of physicality of the game. Kelly are themselves not a no, they're, they're more than willing to stand mm-hmm. to. to put in a fight when they need to. But the set pieces, Hearts were hearts were bigger than them all across the park, but every set piece that came in they contested everything, they fought for it, protected McDonald, all the things you want your team to do. And I and I thought they did it very well. And I do think yeah, the game would have kind of petered out to a nil nil draw um with, with eleven against eleven. Yeah,
0: the problem with Kelly is it not still that it's just that lack of creativity. Yeah, there's just nothing there in the middle that's
2: There's I mean players coming in as far as we know but well, Because uh, I think uh, the stories are that Tish Ball Is going to return from mm-hmm. last season and make a difference If we can get Greg Stewart in as another Attacking option it makes a difference Because at the moment he's just not found the right Combination with, with Boyd With uh, Brophy, with Mjolly. Um Jones is kind of Getting marked out of games A lot more and he's not really getting the ball to him It's just not flowing the way it did last year They just miss that link uh, to create things And that's what's needed And yeah that that's kind of been the problem It's not them the organisation's still there, the shape's still there, they're just missing the kind of gold dust they had last year.
0: For me, the the real positive about ours is just the fact that they know how to play and they've Levin has finally got them to a point where they're playing the way he wants them to play and everyone seems to know what their position is and what they're supposed to be doing within that shape. And I mean, you've seen it in this league from Motherwell last season, for uh, Kelly, the second half of the season especially, a team that knows what they're wanting to do, Generally, does pretty well. You know, if they've got fairly decent players able to execute it, they'll do fine. And I think that's what you're seeing from Hearts. There's a few areas of weakness, but I think one of the big things for Hearts is that if which is not there, or if he's played poorly like he did against them, Firmly that McLean or whoever else they bring in as a striker can step up and do the business. And that's maybe where there's a bit of a question mark still at the moment. As you say, Craig, that's an interesting element, as well as to whether they can get anyone to take advantage of the fact well, he M- occupies so a much of made difference when he yeah. came on. He, he
2: was picking up these little <clears throat> gaps, there was one, the one that you mentioned there. He made a difference when he came on to the, onto the park in terms of just being able to, he was a clever player who knew where to be, mm-hmm. and obviously watch Piazzo and see where the balls were to come off from. Yeah,
0: the, the other big positive is that he had a new signing in the center half and didn't seem yeah, to do anything at all. Yeah. That was a
2: Yeah. He looked it looked a bit panicky when he was getting pressed, but the midfield and the attack are such for Hearts that they don't really let teams near the defence very much. And
1: the 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 talk is that Hearts are looking for another experienced defender anyway. Um that he's not necessarily—it's not necessarily going to be him and uh, Suter while Berra's out injured anyway. So yeah, but from the reports I heard, he seemed to—he uh, seemed to have a decent game uh, considering what he was, what, what he had to do. But he'll probably come up against. Uh, he'll probably have more difficult afternoons uh, going forward.
0: Anything yeah. else to add for this? Yeah, game well, just to send it off. There was any an agreement that it was a send? So, uh, sorry that it wasn't <laughs> a off. So, yeah, yeah. so I was interested. For me, was. I
2: was sitting on the um, an east stand, so that's kind of behind, sorry, behind Morrison, as you know. The tackle was coming hmm. from the opposite direction, and to us, it didn't look like anything at all. But to um, to Craig Fowler, who was at the game, yeah, Joel uh, as well. And Joel, so Joel, we had three different terrace yeah. perspectives because Joel, Joel was in our Joel was in and, and uh, Craig was in the um, the west stand behind it. And I think Craig kind of thought it was a, a really bad one at the time, and it was only when, kind of saw it back, he realised mm-hmm. it wasn't, and he had the most, similar angle to what Column had, so from that point of view, you can see why you might have thought, it was a red. His
1: second leg, his, his, his other leg comes round, his trailing leg comes round, and I think, that kind of adds to making it look worse than it was, and the fact that his, his, um, his leg bounces off the ball, now he doesn't, he um, doesn't, Chris Sutton was saying he went over the ball and technically that's true, yes, but he didn't challenge over the ball. He genuinely went for the ball and kind of, like I say, bounced on the top of it and then his momentum carried him through. And even, even if he had to say... If he had caught Morrison's standing leg, I think they freeze-framed it on BT, and again, that made it look worse mm-hmm. than it was, because if he had actually caught him like that, then you could... If he, if he catches bad, him straight on, it's a yeah, You can say it's a red, because even though he's not meant it, and he's maybe... he's ricocheted off the ball, and, and it's and it's a bit unlucky on his part, it would still be a red card. But the fact that... He, yeah, the fact that he, he hasn't really endangered Morrison at yeah. all there um, means that it's not it's not a red it, card. He clipped him, and the problem for me is that the
2: ref didn't didn't stop to think about it. Morrison, his initial kind of reaction was he went down and, and rolled about, but he was back on his feet within seconds. He wasn't hurt in any way by it. And it was just a very harsh decision, which I, did, I do think, especially in the context of the game, it hadn't been a dirty game at all. I think the only, there'd been a couple of yellow cards, but they were for kind of trips and things. And the only other one had been Ekpoiaz who had, had flung, a, flung an arm into Finlay's face, which to me I was happy not to be a red card because I don't think he really meant it it was just kind of clumsy but that was more dangerous than, than what Dicker did in terms of actually potentially injuring someone but it's that kind of situation of reading the game the game didn't need a red card there wasn't a, you know it wasn't like it was brewing and you know it was always going to explode it was kind of going along I, I really actually I a thoroughly really enjoyable game for a while now. it was very hotly contested but never dirty and so it, it was a kind of disappointing um disappointing part of the game
1: right we'll move on to the next game um, uh, uh... Totally blanked on the stadium name. They're Paisley 2021 20, yeah, it arenas. Yeah. Is it's, it's still like a yeah. simple digital I was arena. Say, it it's going to say, can be the Paisley. a real
0: problem I'm trying to remember Could, all the stadiums.
2: Yeah, that bib's dead now, you know. the, yeah, yeah, the 2021.
1: simple digital arena these days. The simple <laughs> digital arena for a simple manager. Um, St. <laughs> <laughs> Myrin, Nil, Livingston, too. Um, I mean, we can talk about the un, the supposed unrest at St. Myrin after. Well, let's talk about Livingston. Uh, they got rid Kenny Miller earlier in the week, much publicised. Um, they were missing Lee Miller for this one. Also, uh, they brought in Jack Hamilton, uh, the young Jack Hamilton, and he opened the score. from. they also brought in Alan Lithgow and they went back to the back three, which got them to the Premiership in the first place. And
0: it seemed to do them serve them pretty well. Yeah, back three and kind of more direct football, and I, I think it did. I think I was, I was talking about Hearts just beforehand about a team knowing how to play a certain way and being comfortable with it, and that's what Livingston were good at. That's how they had success. Miller came in and tried to change things, and you know he it, it had some moderate success in yes, this for they a few weren't, weeks. They, weren't terrible,
1: they were okay in the Bedford Cup, and the, uh, they they did okay against
0: yeah. Komarnik as well. But I think you can see, and, and the caveat is that it's are a, a hopeless shit. case just now. <laughs> yeah, shit is the is the word. But the you know you, you can see positives again from the fact that they looked pretty comfortable. Um, they had a young guy Hamilton coming in, possibly the best Jack Hamilton in the league, probably. <laughs> uh, you know coming in for his first game, getting on the score sheet. They they were caused problems from set pieces all game. Um, Pittman was really good in the middle alongside Byrne. So there was Lawless putting some really good set pieces. They're not going to be brilliant this season. Um, they've still got a lot of weaknesses in the in the squad, but. I and mean, we'll come on to something. And the one thing that they do have is a bit more of a core there from last season. They've not chucked the, you know, the whole squad out to try I think, and rejig it.
2: I think the advantage they've got is they, they've got a system that they play three at the back. It's kind of six across the middle and one up yeah. front, essentially, is what they play. And it worked really well. And the parts of some kind of all, all the players are almost dispensable in that. You know, you can just take somebody out and chuck somebody in and they know exactly what they're meant to do. And of course, Some of the players are better than others at what they do. Um, Some of the players are particularly important. I think Robinson and Pittman are really important to the system, but... And then the three centre-halves, likewise. But
1: and for set-pieces, the three centre-halves of set-pieces. was it yeah, Lith- yeah. Lithgow and Halkett, I think, were the joint second-top scorers for yeah. them last season or something along
0: yeah. those lines. And they really relied on their set-piece yeah. goals last and, season. And the three of them were involved in the first goal. I think they were all had a, either a header or a cross or something in it. So And Lithgow's just a monster in the opposition. <laughs> but it's like you saw, I can't remember who it was that was
1: marking him. But the guy was only interested in pulling his shirt, and he doesn't. He didn't didn't moan. He didn't go down. He just got it. He just hung in the air and headed that ball in the net anyway. And it was a very difficult header to execute, by the way. He was running away from goal, turned round, hung in the air, and and put it back uh, where it was coming from. I I thought it was an excellent header. It's interesting that was his Premiership debut,
2: and they just. Yeah, I think a player who had not had these off the field issues when he was younger would probably have made it to this level at some other earlier point in his career I think teams were put off by it and um, Livingston obviously uh, previous offences are, a, are a, a bonus for them rather than putting, putting them off. So um yeah he's he's yeah, I think he'll, he'll go on to have a good season and and it's that fact that they're organised and they know what they're doing that, that makes me think that they might they may well stay up.
0: Yeah. They've also only got to be ahead of St Mirren and then when I play off at <laughs> they're <laughs> they're going to say yeah, St Mirren yeah, and Dundee. Dundee, yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and there's
1: Hamilton there as well. I mean I think they you? they look um there's probably some similarities to Hamilton there, that they, um, they, they obviously don't have the finances of other teams, uh, but they can put together a system and get in real competitive players that uh, maybe, not, maybe aren't technically the best, but are going to get them enough points so that they can compete. Whereas St. Mirren, St Mirren, looked to have tried to go the other way and tried to be a bit more of a football inside. which, I mean, there's no right way of doing it. There's no right or wrong way of doing it. The, um, teams have come up and played a bit of football and done it successfully in the past. But um, yeah, I mean, the, it's hard to see many of Stubbs' sign-ins at the moment that you would think are going to go on and be successes. There are some good players in that team. You can maybe say Paul McGinn. One of um, one of uh, Stubbs' signings that could probably turn out to be pretty good, but the other the other players that are there that are that are decent at the moment seem to have already been there. And there's a few players. I mean, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to become familiar with a few of they're them. Have, to be fair, kind of revolving door as yeah. well. With, uh, <laughs> and there's a few that haven't had many minutes. The boy they signed in signed in July and out alone in August, like back down to England. And and who was that? Jim Kellerman. All oh, right, okay. That's uh, very, very Kilmarnock-esque. Lee Clark
0: esque Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah their, their signings have been terrible. They started really poorly against Aberdeen another week and Stubbs dug them out for the fact that they were just flat and didn't have any fight. Didn't look like they had any fight this week either. I mean, you're looking for a reaction. You're at home, uh, one of your relegation rivals, realistically, and nothing happened. There was a... There was a Incident in the second half I don't, actually, I don't actually Can see who it was But The ball had kind of Come down the right hand side Livingston were attacking It was sort of On the touchline And I think it was against Lawless was against One of the um, St Mirren defenders And the ease Which actually went past him The defender should have Been able to shepherd The ball out For a goal kick Or kick it away For a throw And didn't either He just kind of Fell crumpled in a heap Under absolutely No pressure at all And Livingston went attacking That kind of seems to be the mentality just now they, the other players are crap oh, but they're not there have
2: been several stories from, from their supporters about Unrest as well yeah, in terms yeah. of what's the going on. apparently the
1: M- he's fallen out with the Well, this is all rumour, but yeah, he's no, supposed to have fallen out with the McGinnis or at least had words with the McGinnis. There's something going on with Cammy Smith. I've heard a few different things mm. there. One being a fallout, another one being that um, he wants Kenny Miller and therefore wants Cammy Smith off it, it, the, it, off the it budget. He basically
2: said he wants to play a 4 4 and he doesn't yeah. see a, a place it's for Smith. And yeah. that, and it's like. Who started well? Yeah, he a good start this season. He was one of the possibly the yeah. best player last year. And. I think it said that. Oh, as far as I could see, that when Smith came on as a sub, Stephen McGinn made a particular effort to like give him a high five onto the park. And then McGinn, after the game, was basically saying that criticizing the transfer policy, and there was an interview in the Herald, I think, that he talked about um, them having brought in too many players that hadn't played much football in their career. Was the, was a quote that he made, which all suggests that there's a lot going on there. They gave stuff a three-year deal. So are they going to be in a position to get rid of him? Is this only going to just going to rattle on through the season with them, you know, having to having to essentially maybe bring in a whole new squad of players in January because he's fallen out with all the ones he's already got? It's it seemed like an odd decision to appoint him in the first place because I think he the Scottish Cup masked the job he did at Hibs, which was on the whole quite poor. Mm-hmm. His recruitment at wasn't great. He brought in some good players. That, I mean, I think he was the one that brought in John McGinn, I think, which in itself has probably made them a lot of money and been a very good addition. But beyond that, there were some really bad players that he brought in. And you look at the quality of the players that he had in that Hibs team in the second tier. And McGinn, you had at times Liam Henderson, He um, had uh, David Gray, Stokes was there for a part of it, and yet he couldn't get that team even to challenge for the title. And it, it took Wayne to come in and do that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the players that he's brought in, we talked to previously about Coulson, the fact that he's a left winger playing at left-back and looks at um Capeco, I think was atrocious at the weekend and has not looked very good generally. I mean, Capec came off for Baird uh, after 50 minutes. He'd had a book and I don't know actually if it was any niggling knock or anything, but just probably that he wasn't playing very well. But he's not been good. Willick's not been impressive. Brought Madsen's apparently been... Pretty consistently awful. I think Joel said he didn't touch the ball in the first half. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's always so what you want from yesterday. <laughs> which <laughs> might not, which might not be his fault. No, actually it might not but be. no, but it's, there's, no way, there's something fundamentally there's no wrong. Way yeah, yeah.
2: For that as a striker, you come looking for the ball. can It strikes me as a guy who's come up and and thinks he's too good for him, can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. And that's always your problem when you're seeing a lot of lone players that have got no, no connection to the league, no affinity to the league. Yeah, if it goes wrong. Don't care. I've got my contract at Birmingham. we will go back there.
1: Right. Well, we'll move on on that depressing note. That's <laughs> and we'll move on to the next game. We'll go to Mcdermott Park, where St Johnston Vibrant and Johnston yeah. vibrant, sexy St Drilling, Johnston, yeah. as uh, Graham predicted. Uh, even Liam Craig was um, talking about that in the build up to this game. That it's a it's a very kind of new looks and Johnston in the time that he's been there because they actually have wingers now. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> verbatim what he said, but it was pretty much yeah. what he said because he was saying that he used to have to he used to get shunted out uh, as with mm. other central midfielders, Blair be. Alston, Witherspoon. Oh, Witherspoon started as a wide player, I think. And yeah. um, Chris he mentioned which I don't even remember Chris Miller playing wide for for. Um, you say sometimes play like right when they played like a really solid 4-4-2. right? Okay, like
2: right right hand side
1: I, 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 but he's saying that now we actually him meaning we uh, they actually have wingers now and it looks like they also have a, a striker who's finished he's, he's one of the ba- best natural finishers in the league I don't think there's any doubt about that There's Tom, uh, Tony Watt has shown over the years that he's got a lot of talent it's just never worked out for him at many many clubs but he's off to a really good start the problem here. he's had he's had a lot of starts like this at clubs
2: like he started well at hearts didn't, he didn't but, score the goals but well, he's, I think I think it maybe it has been a different it's funny because you get all these stories about him but every time you see him he seems like quite a nice guy and quite um, like he doesn't seem like a hothead or a bad boy or anything but he does seem to constantly fall out with people um, he seems like he may be screwed enough but you never really mm. know so it would be mm. interesting to see how it goes but if he can keep playing the way he is he'll, he'll probably be talked about for Scotland call-ups before the end of the season would be my guess
0: yeah, he is one of those guys that kind of everyone's wanting him to do well. You know, he's he's got the potential. He showed at Hearts as a technically a very good footballer. Mm-hmm. He's become didn't really match up with the finishing at Hearts, but he seems to have done it here. That's a, that's his sixth goal that he's scored since he's come in, which is a very good finish yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it was because he had a lot of time to think about mm-hmm. it. Um, and I I know. I like that St. Johnson, and I said this last week, so I'm kind of maybe repeat myself, but the fact that Wrights identified what he wants to do, he's brought in three people up front who can all execute and work together. Yeah, there's chat about potentially Swanson, either maybe for St. Johnson or Dundee, but certainly having another Ross attacking one, so one as well. Yeah, well. I think there's maybe chat of potentially bringing in somebody else just to kind of bolster them from a kind of number 10 position. That would that would be the kind of miss. The missing piece of yeah. that really if they're going to progress and have a really strong season you'd think but yeah it's really positive and um, Wright might be, the, might be the person that can keep them uh, on the straight and narrow and it, it is early days still but I think there's less pressure that's in Johnson, and there's just less going
2: on because it's like you know you, you go got your hearts and like people have got a lot of expectation mm-hmm. in a big city there's a going
0: on He's, if he's in Perth he's probably quite quiet he's no I think he spends most of the time uh, playing games with one of the guys in my work actually I so mean, uh, I mean, that's fine that's a very yes, exactly, like, yeah, the really. yeah. the
2: interesting thing for me with them before, before we move on to um, the Neil McCann's failing Dundee <laughs> is that um, they brought in McMillan for this game they've went with the front three with what being the main striker in writing Kennedy off them but I see when it's a game that he thinks he can win at home it's a more attacking line-up he can actually just lump a striker in in front mm-hmm. of that and he's got that option though to McMillan will probably be in and out of the team to be more solid they can put an extra midfielder in instead and I think that gives him a lot of flexibility the players that he has now Do
1: you think uh, Tony Watt I mean uh, to, uh, what's his name Right, Tommy Wright has shown over the years that he's very good at picking up maybe unfashionable yeah. players mm-hmm. from other clubs and making them very good players for St Johnstone um, but Tony Watt didn't, I mean, I still have faith in his ability to make him a good player, or get the best out of him because he's clearly a good player but he doesn't strike you immediately as a Tommy Wright type player or signing does he? But in saying that Tommy Wright always has a sort of talisman in his team Indeed. whether it was Swanson or O'Halloran or Lee Stevie May Droffed. or something like that. I go yeah. back to Lee
2: Croft the first one like that who came in and I think he, there's similarities with all of those guys in that And he always loses them at the end of the season <laughs> not, It's not about the attitudes in the team but all of them had that kind of thing where people knew they had ability but the wearing, getting it out of them at other clubs, and each of those players he's, he's made something out of, and I think that is really one of his strengths, I think, I mean, you can talk about his kind of personality, and it's been a bit, been, been a bit strange at times, but in terms of a manager, he's one of the best, kind of, over the last decade, mm. in terms of this being in Scottish football, he's, he's done a fantastic job and continues to, and it's just, it, you kind of feel like it's like one of these ongoing things They've he almost feels like he wants to leave and the club wanting to leave and neither of them want to make the decision. But while he's still here, he's going to continuing to do the... Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't know. I think that's going to be changed a bit more recently because it felt like it had gone a bit um, stale. stale and uh, it feels like there's a definite... There's a re- he, both he and the team have been rejuvenated a bit this season. And while I wouldn't be tipping them for a cup or I wouldn't definitely say they'd be in the top six or anything, they're definitely like they're going to be entertaining and they're going to be in with a shout at getting into the top six. Uh, and the complete contrast to that... As a, a man that's going to be as, as years away and very many performances away from getting that kind of praise as Neil McCann. It just seems to go from bad to worse for him at the moment. Another manager whose um, signing policy you could you could severely question. Um, he doesn't seem to. I mean, it's a good time that he's been at that club now, and he's still it doesn't have anything resembling a goal scorer it's very early for a uh, i mean it looks like Kalman but is it Shalman remember there was yeah, I don't remember know. there was Shell That's right, Yeah. um so i don't know we've not quite had the pronunciation on that but yeah the new striker that they've got he had one chance that he wasn't too far away when he may be able to get a couple of goals for them but in terms of the guys that they've already got up front uh, White and his early Promise. Early Dundee career promise has just completely evaporated. Mendy doesn't look like he's going to score a goal. And then Musa, Musa's just continues to be Musa, mm-hmm. although he was a wee bit calmer in this game. Yeah, just it's
2: not good. Like, looked through. I was looking through that team again, and I'm saying they brought Colker in as if he was going to be the savior of all the problems. But he's not actually been good since he came in. All no, the, I, no. Remember this narrative yeah. of teams wanting to spend a million
1: quid on him. Like, was I didn't give the ball away for the well, for the goal? I no, know that yeah, it was I a, mean, met, uh, well. Aye, his I know pass, Meekins was and, very yeah. poorly positioned. Men,
0: the, the kind of ball went to Mendy, and he miscontrolled it, and then it right. went a couple of phases after that. But the, yeah.
2: the problem he has is he, he narrowly kept them up last season. But their budget is not. Comparable with Hamilton, Livingston, mm. St. Mirren, the teams you expect to be scrapping at the bottom. Dundee's budget will be bigger than St. Johnston's, I would suspect. I would suspect it will be on a par with the likes of Kelly, Motherwell, um, kind of in that kind of middle tier. And he, he, the team doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. We've talked, we've talked a few times, Andy, here about guys, teams that know mm. what they're about. And you think Kelly will know what they're about, Hearts know what they're about, Livingston know what they're about. Hamilton, to some extent, know what they're about. St Johnston know what they're about. There's two teams in the league at the moment who you watch and you're like, well, three for Celtic, but two teams in the league <laughs> you watch and you're like, you have no idea how you want to play it, and that's St Mirren and Dundee. And that's the reason that at the moment that I kind of fear for both of those teams. If you were to ask me right now, that would be my bottom two.
0: The, I think they started quite well at the first like, half hour at the weekend. But their problem creating chances and then putting them away as they'd come and at the one chance. But... You know, if you're not going to be scoring, if you've got no confidence in your strikers to score goals, as soon as one goes in, you know, mentally, you think that's probably us, you know, we're done. And that's kind of where they are at the moment. They've got no one that they think can dig them out of a hole. You know, St Johnson, I've got all the other, a lot of the other teams in that area, apart from maybe Hamilton and St Mirren, I've got somebody who they think can maybe make a difference and help them out. There's just no confidence in those guys at all and they don't really create enough chances. You know, they, there's a problem with the striker but they're also also kind of happy passing the ball along the edge of the box which is I think, about the weekend but there's not enough incision. Like It's easy to get praise for doing it but it's easy yeah. to do it. The other team's going to be like well they're passionate
2: I don't care we'll let them do it especially especially when you know like St. Johnston they know that when they get the ball they're dangerous so mm. they're not going to knackle themselves, make, chasing Dundee defenders, passing against each other. It's mm. like they're just not. They're, there's not a kind of cohesion of that
0: team at all. No. And then they make mistakes at the back, like making again. I, I mean, he was dawdling that they, goal. He was just yeah, he was sleeping. Attention. Yeah, yeah, he was
2: sleeping. There was more than one instance. I think, uh, Craig, I think it was Craig put up um, two gifts of them in terms of their offside trap from the weekend. There's no shape to that team, and that's something from McCann. He's never never struck me as a guy who's a great organizer. It, it's not the type of player he was, and it. These teams have never been particularly well drilled, and you continue to see that. Yeah, just it's just something not right there. And I don't. I think he needs to get a result soon, or the the fans will turn on him, and, and he'll probably be gone.
1: Right, one game ago, um, and it was Celtic one, Hamilton nil. The other game from yesterday, and you couldn't make it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was especially funny, given that the Green Brigade unfurled the banner saying that uh, Boyato wasn't fit to wear the jersey and uh,
2: he dug them out of a hole but to be fair I agree with him on this in this instance I don't think or I don't I, don't, I don't agree with him but this narrative of because he scored a, a goal against Hamilton that he's somehow forgiven like the guy the guy cost it didn't cost them they may have lost anyway but the guy kind of screwed up their chances in terms of qualifying for the champions Look, it's huge for Celtic huge for their supporters and huge for the club as a whole
1: and now and there's a few players that probably want to leave because they haven't made the exactly Champions like, right, Or at least um it's they're, they're sped up the their decision. Yeah, Players like and Cham and uh, Dembele. Dembele, yeah. Dembele
2: doesn't look like he wants to be there. I thought he was uh, disgraceful on... I'm, I'm turning like Chris Sutton here, but on <laughs> Thursday night against Sudova, he had no interest in that game at all. Every time he got the ball, it was just a turn and shoot. Mm-hmm. And it was the same. There was that chance mm-hmm. at the end. He just wanted to he score. He missed about
1: eight or nine yeah. chances yeah. against Hamilton. Yeah. He got man in the match as well, which was just so that Boyata wasn't given man in the yeah, match. I think it, it was like, that. Yeah.
2: But, but so to that extent, I think to say, oh, oh he's proved the green brigade wrong. He hasn't. They were, they were for once was spot on in that assessment that I would be raging if one of our players did that. And the fact they scored the winner in a game that you would expect to win anyway wouldn't kind of make me think oh he's actually alright it just
1: so you think he was lying
0: about being injured yeah man? yeah he was yeah yeah I think so but emphatic <laughs> <laughs> but there is a way back for him if oh, right you know that's right. the thing that's the, the the way it goes like if nobody comes in for him or nobody signs him then he's going to play because he's on paper their best centre half uh, and he's certainly the most experienced centre half that's not going to chuck one in every week at the moment because Zeminovic I mean, can't be I mean I know he's still pretty young but he can't really be trusted to um, to kind of lead the other guys through at the back at the moment so all the centre-halves the they're, they're length at the moment all seem to
1: be in that age young, bracket yeah, all seem to be 20 years, and 21 yeah. but, it, it's, it's,
0: but it's always the kind of and the constant problem with trying to buy people at that price bracket is that they're all younger guys or guys who have probably coming to the end of their careers like Compa I mean if you're nobody who's kind of in their mid-twenties is going to you know, you're going to get him for that kind of price at Celtic, I'm looking yeah. at unless He tries to get a shot, and, and then he's gone to Newcastle, yeah. they just can't compete yeah. with that kind yeah. of thing. I think I could beat the wages, so that's that's the problem. And, and as much as by has, I mean, it seems bonkers that somebody would pay £8 million, and a good European club would pay £8 million for him, because he's he was shown enough over the course of the time he's been at Celtic that he's liable for a, a ricket himself, but he has their best centre-half, Alongside probably Ayer is the best two centre halves at the moment they've got, and if. You know, he stays. He's going to play, and he can play himself. You know, Celtic can still have a decent European run potentially. They got a, it doesn't look like at the moment. They have got a lot of work to do. I you'd argue they need to bring in some fresh faces. There's a chance to go deeper than the Champions League as well. It doesn't yeah, bring yeah. the same money yeah, or yeah. The,
1: the, the bigger the big ties like the yeah.
2: Champions League. But I mean, there's big teams in that. I mean, Arsenal yeah, yeah. and Chelsea are in there. There's yeah. big big Spanish teams. Yeah. And I can't work, I can't remember who, but they're, they're probably all severe. And, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Or they'll be, be there at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but you know that that's the that's the thing that happens with him, if he stays, they've still got a lot of things to work for this season and it would be a benefit for them if, if all they can replace by with is some 22-year-old guy who's not really played that much and certainly hasn't played in Scottish football or British football before, then it's maybe worth keeping him. Like I don't know, but it's all down his attitude I as think, well, if he's going to be a dead loss. Then, I think he
2: probably will go. I think yeah. there's enough teams interested that they will kind of sell him and I think playing him... Yesterday was about just saying, you know, okay, like he's fit, he, mm-hmm. he, reminding people that he's still there. Yeah, come by um, him. But as you say, if they don't sell him, they will play. But I think they probably they will just kind of get rid of him. Beyond right. that, for Celtic, it was, it was just one yeah. of those games they just needed to win. It didn't matter how they won. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, really funny that right.
2: had they not scored that goal, Hearts after three games would have been four points clear. The yeah, only Hearts
1: least. and Celtic have
0: won more than one game mm-hmm. so far. Uh, yeah. I think
2: it
1: says, yeah.
0: So, I think the, the league is quite even in a lot of places And teams are still getting up to speed Just like, just before we go actually, Just a word on Hamlin I I Come on us and going to say Because we've gone over a bit yeah, yeah. I don't care We'll be <laughs> I'm sure we'll survive <laughs> the, um, They were pretty well organised uh, They had the chance In the first few seconds uh, And that was that was pretty much it But Cannon has them Pretty well organised at the moment They're looking okay um, They don't look like They're going to concede much uh, McMahon, Vaughan and Gordon Were Kind of decent as a three at the back, even though two of them aren't really centre halves. So, I mean, we haven't got away to Celtic. You think a win, the defeats, pretty decent as far as it goes. And they can they can take some positives out of that start of the season the, they've had. The new boy Kim Pimby
2: was playing in the midfield. Mm-hmm. So they signed that as usual. Signed the day before the game. <laughs> out of the team coming coming out of like loads of non-league clubs in England, I think looked like he was alright so he'd be one he he'll he'll after the
1: games three games
2: well. and then be released again and pop up and then he was again for Hamilton and then he leave and oh yeah that's no, just some
0: breaking news sorry all right. Paul Hartley's left I I oh, that's a good nice segue, yeah, so <laughs>
1: we're going to go and do Winners and Losers, or we're going to do it anyway, yeah, anyway. Um but uh, I believe Falkirk were probably going to be on that list. Yeah, well, I was <laughs> going to right. actually put
2: Paul Hartley
1: specifically <laughs> on that list, so, yeah. so we'll go do that now. You guys know everywhere to get us, Facebook, Twitter, Podcast at gmail.com and we're going to go do uh, the Patreon now which you can sign up for if you haven't already and that's Terrace Podcasts no it's not it's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast and we'll see you there. Bye guys. Bye. Sport
0: Social Podcast Network